Oh my God, this podcast. I mean, it's nothing. I don't know why people bother listening to it. Hang on. I don't really say that because I don't use self-deprecating humour against myself. And I don't want you to do so either. Listen into this week's episode and find out why that touch of humour against yourself can be really negative and can impact your success and the way that you feel about yourself. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome to August's episode of the Self-Sabotage to Success podcast. Hopefully by the time this episode drops, I will be on my holidays uh, because I'm taking off most of July and the beginning of August this year. Now that I'm living an international life, the school terms are slightly different, but as I designed my business for myself, I've still maintained that I want to take that time off to be with my children and to be with my family. And while I'll be doing an occasional coaching call and an occasional chat with an organization about work that I'm going to be delivering for them in late August, September, I will predominantly be chilling out. And I am so excited about that. Now, you don't need to worry because I have batched the podcast, hence this one going out, and there'll be another one going out in early August. And of course, in the meantime, if you're missing my content, I won't be posting on social media very much, although I don't post as much on social media as I once did anyway. But you can always go back through the archives, make sure that you've listened to every episode if you want some more uh, positive mindset help while I'm not working. And if you would like to get in touch, you can still email me on the regular channels. You can send me an email, lucy at lucyorton.com. You can send me a message over on LinkedIn, or you can try and book into my calendar to have a chat in the new academic year, as it will be for me. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And I will have someone checking my email inbox whilst I'm away. So while I am thinking about holiday mode, I want to wish you all a wonderful August and make sure you're taking some time for you, however that looks, however that works with your business, with your friends and your family that you want to prioritize. And hold on to that fact that you are your own boss. And sometimes when we're running our own businesses, it can be really easy to put ourselves at the bottom of the heap, not to be that wonderful boss to ourselves and not to even kind of consider we need some time to properly decompress and chill out. One of the things I always notice when I do take time out is that I get great ideas. I have different thought processes and different things seem to happen in my brain when I start to relax and start to kind of tune out from the everyday. So if that sounds like something that might happen for you as well, then it's an another amazing reason to take time out. As I always say, we do not need reasons for ourselves, for self-care, for relaxation, for rest, but there's always amazing side effects of doing so that help our productivity in the long run, that help our sustainability, that help us keep our passion with what it is that we're doing. So without further ado, I will get on with the rest of this episode. And today I am finally creating an episode that I've been meaning to create for about a year. 
And it's really, really something I think about a lot because you can tell by my accent that I am British. And I think the British have a particularly troubled connection with this mindset gremlin. The mindset gremlin today we're going to be talking about is self-deprecation. And the British are amazing at it. You know, we're known for being very sarcastic, but we're also known for putting ourselves down, for not beating our drum, for not tooting our horn and all those other positive instruments that we could be um, using to show how fabulous we are. I think what's really interesting is, and, and I will move on from the cultural British thing in a minute, but what's really interesting is a phrase that I think most Brits would be aware of, but maybe haven't thought about it so much, is when someone talks about uh, a person being very positive, being very maybe self-promoting, that they might say, oh, they're very American. And I think what's really interesting there isn't the Americanness of that other person coming forward. It's actually how it grates with the British psyche. And this is something that I encourage all my coaches, British or, or otherwise, to really not embrace. We do not need to embrace self-deprecation. It can feel really harmless. It can feel like something we should, in inverted commas, do to stay humble, to keep from being arrogant. But it is just the thin edge of the wedge or whatever the phrase is that I'm trying to get there. It really is just part of a wider approach to how we esteem ourselves, how we build and create our self-esteem and how we maintain an inner voice that's actually helping us or not helping us. It's, it's a choice that we make. And when we use self-deprecation, we are really feeding our brain the wrong nutrients. We are really not giving our brain the very best chance in terms of how it can make us feel better, how we can use our mindsets as a positive tool. So I'm going to be talking today about what self-deprecation is and why it is damaging, why it is something that features quite heavily for female purpose-led business owners and also female talent. What is it about the female uh, experience of self-deprecation that is particularly important and particularly damaging? And I'm also going to talk about why it is so damaging, what's so dangerous about it. And finally, I'm going to give you some really core tips for how to overcome self-deprecation. If you feel it's something you're doing even once in a while, let's have a think about how we might eradicate that and see it as the mindset gremlin that it really is. And this episode is dedicated to someone that I'm not going to name. It's dedicated to someone who I've known for a while, quite a long time, and she is an awesome businesswoman. She is also possibly the most self-deprecating person I have ever met. And I think about her often. I don't know if she'll be listening to this episode and if she'll guess who who it is I'm talking about. Um, I don't mind if she does guess. She can give me a call and we can have a chat about it. But I think of her often in terms of her incredible success 
and her inability to really own that success and to see her own awesome. She always uses self-deprecating humor and self-deprecating damaging comments about herself. So let's get started with that wonderful woman in mind. And hopefully if she is listening, she can take some of these tips on board and realize how to move away from that gremlin. So what is self-deprecation? I look at it as something which is belittling, a mindset grumbling that is belittling, that is reprimanding you, and that is using humor as a tool to do that. So it can feel quite safe. It can feel quite funny. It can be something that is amusing when it's demonstrated on a TV show or on a comedy series. But it can actually also be really damaging and indicative of low self-esteem and it can attack anyone it can be a gremlin that really is affecting anyone even those who feel outwardly or look outwardly confident it can be a sign that inside they are doubting themselves and they are hiding behind a veneer of feeling not enough so they are using self-deprecation as a smokescreen, really, for what is actually going on in their self-talk. It's really interesting when we work on mindset. I often talk to my coaches about this and say, when you work on your own mindset, suddenly other people's mindsets become more noticeable to you. We can see in the words that they use and the language that literally comes out of their mouth, how they're feeling about themselves. And I think self-deprecation is an example of that, although it's quite hidden because it is so socially accepted to be self-deprecating, to bat away compliments, to belittle our own achievements, to say that we think we're crap. And actually the only thing that is crap about ourselves when we're using self-deprecation is that we are being unkind to ourselves. So we're not building ourselves up and we're not really using our mindset as the fantastic championing tool that it can be. So as I said before, there's a real cultural case for self-deprecation, particularly in Britain. And I'd love to hear from you, if you're from another part of the world, how you have had experiences of self-deprecation. It's something I'm going to be talking about with some of my Australian clients, because I'm really interested in information gathering about this. And maybe I'll do a, a follow-up podcast once I've got some, some data. But if you are listening in from somewhere else, I know I've got a lot of listeners in America at the moment. I've got a lot of listeners in Mexico and in various countries in Europe and Asia, if you feel like self-deprecation is part of your culture and has been a bit of a mindset gremlin for you, I'd absolutely love to hear from you and hear your experiences. So please send me an email, lucy at lucyorton.com, and maybe I will feature your comments on a future podcast episode because I really feel like this is a kind of under-discussed topic in the coaching world and, and yet really, really important. In terms of my own kind of awareness and experiences of self-deprecation, it's definitely something that has occurred throughout cultural references that I've been aware of in my life. I think one of the very earliest, and this is slightly possibly obscure for lots of my listenership, is being read Cider with Rosie as a child which is an amazing book about the English countryside, about Somerset, I believe, uh, Dorset maybe, um, 
And it's absolutely beautiful. And it's by uh, a writer called Laurie Lee. And he talks about this village life slad and how people live the characters and how they are kept in their in, in their roles how they live in this very idyllic but very old-fashioned way of being and it's actually got some really really funny bits but there's one bit which I remember really strongly and there is a character who comes back from making his fortune he does really really well and he comes back to the village and goes into the village pub now this character had actually lived abroad I believe it was New Zealand I can't remember but these stories are in fact based on Laurie Lee's life it's actually a memoir I should have probably said that Um, and I don't know the exact veracity of this element of it but this guy came back And he had been seen to have committed two crimes. So one was that he'd moved away from the village. You know, he'd left this idyll where everyone was very much in their, in their roles and in their boxes. And the second thing that he did was when he came back, he came back rich and boasting. He was, uh, portrayed as maybe unpleasant and speaking very highly of himself. And even though this is an idyllic book about the English countryside in a bygone era, he was brutally murdered in the book. Now, this might seem a strange story to bring up in terms of self-deprecation, but I think it speaks to that very big worry that underlies why we self-deprecate, why we are openly goading to ourselves or mean or unkind, why we are laughing at ourselves or turning ourselves into a butt of jokes. And I think it's because we want to belong to the pack. We don't want to put our head above the parapet. We don't want to be seen as someone who is arrogant or needs to be taken down a peg or two. So this side with Rosie incident really has been something I've thought back on at many points in my life. And how kind of damaging, I guess, those ideas are around um, not veering away from the crowd and feeling like you have to fit in feeling like you have to be this uh, person that is um, your destiny has been laid out for you but also that you shouldn't gloat you shouldn't be positive about yourself now I'm not suggesting we all go around being that annoying guy in the pub that's boasting and flashing the cash and um, doing all those things but there's a middle ground there's a middle ground of recognizing our success of being able to accept a compliment without batting it away, about being able to talk about our achievements without being unkind to ourselves, without making ourselves the laughingstock, without feeling like we have to temper our success. And this kind of attitude, which I'm always fighting against in coaches, coaches, in myself, and in the people, the stakeholders that I work with, is that we can push past this. We can find a very comfortable, very cozy middle ground where we get to say how good we are. We get to own our talents. We start to actually believe that too. And we don't have to come across as a dick in the process. We can absolutely be the person that bigs ourselves up, but doesn't do it at the expense of others, that also builds up and bigs up those around us. And we can feel really comfortable with that if we practice it and if we understand the positive psychology mechanisms going on when we give ourselves those boosts. 
If any of this content that I've been talking about so far is of interest to you and you'd like to know about us working together, as I said, I'm going to be on holiday until the middle of August, but please do click on the link in the show notes and we can set up a anti-self-sabotage breakthrough call for when I come back to my desk. I do have some spaces coming up, not many, but I do have a couple of spaces for individual coaching partnerships coming up in September, late August and October. If you would like to take one of those spots, then get on the uh, email with me and we will arrange for a chat once I get back from my travels. But let's go back to self-deprecation specifically. So why is it that self-deprecation takes hold? Why is it something that so many of us feel? And I'm looking forward to hearing about those international examples because I'm interested in knowing whether this is a really global phenomenon. Um, I know that amongst people I've spoken to, it certainly features very, very highly in in the ways that people talk and, and use their language to describe themselves or to talk about what they've done. Now, I think self-deprecation can take hold for many reasons. One of them is if we were brought up in an environment where flaws were not accepted, where we felt like we had to either justify any errors or we had to be perfect the whole time. And that can lead to a very self-deprecating attitude because you're in a sense getting in there with the criticism before anyone else can notice your flaws, before anyone else can start pulling you apart, you pull yourself apart in front of them. And the second reason I think self-deprecation takes hold and is quite powerful to people and used as a tool, because remember, whenever we use these negative mindset gremlins against ourselves, there's usually a reason behind it. And we don't have to berate ourselves for having used them. We don't have to berate ourselves for falling into these gremlin traps because in the vast majority of cases, we were trying to protect ourselves. And with self-deprecation specifically, it really lowers expectations. So it acts as a buffer. It seems to protect us, or it feels like it lowers expectations at least. So it lowers our own expectations. It takes away the chance that we're going to get hurt by someone else's criticism because we're going to get in there first and we're going to say it out loud and we're not going to worry too much about what someone else might say. That's the kind of thinking, but it doesn't always work out like that. And secondly, it lowers the expectations of those around us. It really diminishes, perhaps in their minds, what they, what we might be capable of. It might make them question that, oh, their initial reaction was not actually correct. They, they thought that you were this talented, incredible person, and here you are self-deprecating, so maybe they were wrong. Maybe they need to adjust their, their expectations. Now, again, that's not always the case because very frequently we can see through others' self-deprecation much more easily than we can see through our own. And, you know, and in terms of cultural references, I talked about Cider with Rosie, but I think a huge example from my teenage days of a self-deprecating character was Chandler Bing in Friends. You know, he didn't, I don't think he ever said the phrase, could I be more self-deprecating? But he should have done because he was so self-deprecating and so, uh, you know, ready to come in. He talks about, I know they talk about it in the show. I haven't watched it for years. I haven't rewatched it like so many people yet. Um, partly because I think it's a little bit problematic, like so many of the uh, TV shows 
shows and films from the 80s and 90s. Um, but I know that he really talks in the show about using humour as a, a defence mechanism. That's, that's a prevailing theme of Friends. But as I said, it really does lower those expectations or it feels like it does. Now, hopefully you're surrounded by people who will call you out on your self-deprecation. If you're not, then you need to uh, change up the people that you're surrounded by. You need to get a coach and and an accountability partner who can remind you of your awesome, who can build you up whilst you're learning to build yourself up. And this is so important because the dangers of self-deprecation are vast. It, As I said right at the beginning of the episode, when we throw a lot of self-deprecation into our speech, into our thinking, into our mindsets, we are putting the wrong nutrients in. We're putting the wrong ingredients in. And we are using up space that could be used up with recognizing how far we've come, recognizing our awesome, seeing what we're doing each and every day to build our lives, to build our businesses, to nurture our relationships, our families, our friends. And if we just exist too much in self-deprecation, we're taking up negative space in our, in our heads and in our mindsets. I think, you know, it's really important to remember that this is key in terms of building your business because you need to be moving out of that self-deprecating negative self-mindset to be that empowered CEO, to really push yourself forwards. But it can absolutely seep into all areas of life. I've seen people deny that they are good hosts when they are the most incredible hosts to family and friends. I've seen people say that they don't give great gifts when they are the one that picks the most pertinent and amazing gift at every birthday and every event. We have no kind of restrictions on what we'll self-deprecate about. We, we're really happy to reach to that uh, with such ease. So it is really dangerous in terms of what it's filling our heads with. If we think about that analogy of the marble jar, we've only got space for so many marbles in our head. If our head is a rattly old marble jar, um, And we need to be careful and mindful of what we put in. Now, I think, you know, it's okay if you catch yourself being self-deprecating very, very occasionally. But I think if you do, the best tool for that is to use it as a reminder. And if you catch yourself being self-deprecating, think, hey, thanks, great, (laughs) good reminder. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to move away from the self-deprecating humor. Now, I don't think I've talked about Hannah Gadsby on this podcast before, and I don't know why. I don't know why that's the case, because she's incredible. But one of my most favorite recommendations to tell friends and coaches about is her show, Nanette. She's done a couple of shows on Netflix, but the first one, and in my opinion, the most absolutely powerful one is Nanette. They're both amazing, Uh, but Nanette is the place to start. It's kind of a comedy, storytelling, empowering, tragic monologue that she uh, presides over. And it starts off as a comedy show and it morphs into something altogether much more powerful. And when I was doing my research into self-deprecation, I realized that she talks about self-deprecation in an incredibly powerful way. And that is a really quite moving quote from her show on self-deprecation specifically and she says this 
I built a career out of self-deprecating humor, and I don't want to do that anymore. Do you understand what self-deprecation means when it comes from somebody who already exists in the margins? It's not humility, it's humiliation. And I thought that was so powerful. And Hannah Gadsby is a gay woman. She's also autistic. She is very much someone who has been marginalized through her life, but she's used that humor, used that uh, adversity and turned it into humor. And it's really interesting that evolution of her as a human to say, I'm not going to do this anymore, actually. I'm not going to use myself as the butt of my jokes. And I'm not going to pull on those characteristics and qualities specifically that already exist in the margins. Now, I know that as a cishet woman, I have not experienced a lot of the difficulties that someone like Hannah Gadsby has experienced. But I do think for all of us as women, we come to this world with extra challenges, with extra inequality. And so this quote is really, really relevant. Actually, we don't want to be in that position where we're humiliating ourselves, where we're talking ourselves down because we're already at a disadvantage in many ways. And, and I know that we have lots of power to overcome that disadvantage, but we're definitely at a disadvantage in terms of the systemic and the external. So I really want you to think about that uh, quote. I will also drop a link to Hannah's incredibly powerful documentary for you to watch on Netflix. So hold that in your mind and think about it if you feel that urge to tell a self-deprecating joke. Don't submit to making yourself small. Don't submit to making yourself more marginalized as a female business owner. Like there's just not enough of us around and we're not getting enough of the financial rewards, uh, you know, as just one point when compared with our male counterpoints. So we have to be the champions for ourselves and we have to, to do that, own our awesome. We have to be able to see ourselves as the incredible uh, potential-filled, purpose-led leaders that we really are. So that segues me really nicely into the final section of the podcast, which is about how do we overcome self-deprecating humor as this defense mechanism and how do we prevent it from doing a disservice to what we're trying to achieve in life and in business? So I've got four tips here. And the first one is an overarching one. It is to really invest in and work on your mindset each and every day. So that might be to listen to podcasts, to think positively about yourself, to do some of the exercises that I've talked about in other episodes. It might be that you take a coach uh, on, you work with someone like me to give you that accountability, to give you that really pragmatic mirror to hold up and say, hang on, have you seen what you've achieved so that you don't let those things pass you by? And I think that's really, really important. So that's the first one. And I know it's a big one. But as I've said before in the podcast, it doesn't have to take a lot of time. It just means committing to building your mindset, committing to giving yourself those strong psychological foundations and that maintenance of keeping yourself 
bolstered up, keeping your self-esteem buoyant is going to be absolutely key in moving you away from self-deprecation. Because once you do that, self-deprecation just starts to not make sense anymore. Um, when we, we kind of get into this positive psychology frame of thinking, a lot of those gremlins just start to feel like they don't fit in our narrative anymore. They don't fit in our inner voice or our monologue because they are not helping us move forward. They're not helping us be our very best selves. The second idea that I want to give you in terms of overcoming that self-deprecating tendency is a technique called the smaller box. And this is a technique that many psychologists recommend. But it's when you have negative thoughts and when they start to intrude into your thinking or they start to feel like they're going to come out in self-deprecating humour, we should try and narrow it down and put it into the smallest box possible. So for example, if you think because you haven't won any business this week that you're ruining your business, that you're really feeling like a failure, instead you can say something like, hey, this week wasn't my best in terms of developing my business. That's it. It's just simplifying it, making it smaller, giving it a time frame, making it more linked to a one-off rather than I am a crap businesswoman. I do not deserve the chance to have this business and where it's the opposite. We're kind of maximizing those thoughts and putting them into the biggest box possible. So using the smaller box technique and really, I, I also talk about this in terms of being really pragmatic and scientific and objective about what it is that is bothering us in that moment. Instead of thinking, right, well, now I'm going to call myself the world's worst businesswoman. I'm going to say I'm playing at this business luck, et cetera, et cetera. It's not about saying it didn't happen, but it's about reducing its power over you and showing that that is just one very small moment or blip in terms of what it is you're trying to achieve. The third tip in terms of overcoming self-deprecation is remembering that you can always be a friend to yourself. Think about if someone in front of you was being self-deprecating, that they were literally putting down an amazing achievement that you could see that was clear from, from every angle that they had done well. You would call them out on that, I hope. And in terms of reflecting that friendship back to yourself, give yourself the chance to call yourself out in a kind way, to say to yourself, hey, 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 no. Don't be self-deprecating because actually soak this up. Someone's saying you've done well. Something is showing you you've done well. Don't take away that positive sheen and instead try and soak up and savour that feeling of achievement that you have. And finally, remembering like so many of these mindset gremlins that being self-deprecating, like being perfectionist, like uh, can, you know, being, uh, obsessive in your thinking and really going over things again and again. They are habits. They are things that you've been doing over the years. And as such, they can be broken. They can be reduced in terms of the power they hold over you. You need to make a decision to do that. You need to work on it and get your brain realigned to get those neurons firing. But being self-deprecating is absolutely a habit that you can break. And recognizing the difference between a kind of healthy level of modesty and, you know, being able to offer up um, 
accolades to others, you know, so say if you've worked on something together with someone, being able to give them a slice of the credit is very, very different from being self-deprecating. But it's also can be a fine line. And if you feel you're slipping from that kind of healthy modesty into self-deprecating, bring yourself back to the center, bring yourself back to that place where it's a habit that you are willing to break because you know the benefits it's going to offer you in terms of your life and in terms of your business and selflessly in terms of what it is you get to offer the world. I hope you found this week's episode really useful. I hope that you're going to step away from the self-deprecating humour if that's something that you use. And if you want to get in contact with me whilst I'm on my break, please do leave me a message or book into my calendar. I look forward to speaking to you very, very soon. Wishing you an awesome rest of August. Take care. I am thinking of you and your purpose-led business always. Until next time. Bye for now. Thank you.